Hello, and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast, produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. Joining us on the podcast today is Billy Hunt. She is the Executive Director of America's Cultivation Corridor. Billy, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Mike, for the invitation. It's always fun to share with others what uh, America's Cultivation Corridor is doing and what we see happening in central Iowa and around the state. And for those, uh, for the sake of those that are listening, perhaps outside of the state of Iowa, uh, take a little bit of time and tell us about yourself, first of all, and then maybe uh, explain a little bit more what uh, Cultivation Corridor is all about. Thanks, Mike. I grew up in a small town in southern Iowa named Diagonal. It's a small farm town in Ringgold County. I then went to Iowa State University, uh, got my degree in housing and the near environment, uh, residential interior design. I grew up during the farm crisis, so the last thing I wanted to do was anything in the ag industry. So I thought, you know, if I can make the world pretty, then maybe everyone will be happy. I graduated, got a job here in Des Moines, worked in uh, the design world for three years, and it really wasn't the right fit. So I got an opportunity to get back into agriculture uh, and have been in the food and ag industry for over 25 years. 20 of those years working for uh, Pioneer, then DuPont, uh, in their government affairs arena, being working in public policy, doing work from here in the state of Iowa, on the community level, on the state level, doing some work on the federal level with biofuels, and also working on some international projects for the organization. Two years ago, I came to America's Cultivation Corridor with the opportunity to kind of give back to what I love, the agriculture industry, the state of Iowa, and to help grow the state. So it's been a fun opportunity, and I've learned a lot over the last 25 plus years, but excited to keep growing the state. And with that, uh, having 25 years of experience in in that field, you've probably encountered a a time or two where you've maybe had some challenges that you were like, okay, this is crazy. Um, I know, you know, some of our former guests have have talked about, you know, the floods of 93, um, also the the financial crisis of, of 08, 09. If you have any that you can share with us, what are some challenges that you faced Um, in some of your past experiences, and what did you do to kind of get through those tough times? Well, let's go to the floods in 1993. That was my first summer out of college. I was living in Des Moines, had been on my job for probably four to six weeks, and the floods came through. Uh, The organization I worked for was housed on Court Avenue, so flooded out completely. You know, we started working from home back in those days. Uh, because that's what we needed to do to survive. But there was a lot of fear for a young graduate. And I think there's some of these graduates right now. Am I going to get a job? What am I going to do? Will I be able to save my job? And I was so fortunate because I was the last one on being hired before the floods. That organization could have easily said, you know, we can't cover the overhead of you. You need to go. But they worked with me. I worked with them. We worked through a summer of uncertainty And in my first job, you know, that was kind of a panic moment, but, um, you know, God provided and my employer provided and all ended up okay. You go to 2008, 2009, that was completely different in the food and ag industry because we helped keep the state strong. The receipts coming in from across the state 
on ag commodity prices were very high. And that really helped the food and ag industry grow in the state and kind of have another rebirth. Um, it's a little different right now because uh, commodity prices were low when coronavirus came on board. Um, fuel prices were changing quickly, so that impacts the ethanol industry. And now all of a sudden you're, we're dealing with, is there enough protein in the marketplace? Well, the farmers have produced enough. At the end of the day, how do you get that to a consumer? And so while the ag industry is very prominent in the state, uh, we also have to work together. And I think that's something that really humbles you when you go through peaks and valleys, like in 2008, 2009, it was great for the food and ag industry. This one, we're kind of all in it together, struggling. But when we go through these ups and downs and you see how people rise up to help others, it's really quite a humbling experience to go through. And to remind you, you're only as strong as those that you have around you. So now think back a little bit to some of those times when maybe you were leading teams mm-hmm. uh, during some of those those challenges. Uh, what were some some examples of things that you did to kind of help keep the morale up amongst your team? Um, because I know sometimes you may have may have had to make difficult decisions on the fly, or you know do things that maybe didn't receive the reception you were hoping it would. What were some things that you did to keep that that morale up and that positivity going uh, so you guys could get the work done that you needed to? Well, I think it starts before the crisis comes. Um, and that is learning to be honest, open, and engaging with your team. If you have a team that is consistently willing to challenge you, help you, uh, take on projects so you can divide and conquer more quickly, I think that's when you can find success in crisis moments. If you have a team that, you know, you just come in and you direct and you tell them what to do and they just say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and go do it. When you get to a crisis, they're not going to be honest with you. And, you know, sometimes I can come up with the darndest ideas that I think is awesome. I think, wow, this is going to change the world. And if they just say yes to me and don't say, have you thought about this? Or have you thought about that? Um, I can guarantee you if they're not giving you input, you're not gonna go as far as you think that dream may take you. And so I think one, just having an environment where people feel open and honest, um, thank yous can never be said enough. Um, Ask versus direct, I think is always more important. Uh, But at the end of the day, you just gotta be yourself and let them be themselves. That's, I think how managing teams makes a big difference. And to stay on that line, but to shift ever so slightly, to turn this more to you as the leader, we also know that, you know, that role takes a lot um, of energy and mental focus and mental strength. What are some of the things, Billy, that you may do to basically to turn that switch off at the end of the day so you can unwind and recharge and, you know, refocus your energy so that way you can come back, especially if you know, you know, a a big challenge or or big thing is coming up that you're going to have to take care of as a leader what are some of the ways that you recharge those batteries that way so you can come back stronger than before? You know, um, I'm learning every day on that one right now. It's it's difficult. I think we just need to be real. Um, you wake up in the morning. Uh, the commutes are easy right now because you can be, you know, downstairs in 15 seconds at your desk. I love that part of the short commute. But um, what I have learned in the last six, seven weeks is you've got to be clear with your family. We've always had pretty open communication, even at our dinner table, 
how was your day? What were the ups and downs going through all that? But we have to remember that in order to be successful at work, your family has to be 100% behind you too. And um, so we have started even being more clear with our kids, uh, more clear with my spouse, like, okay, here's what I have to do today. What do you have to do? And how do we balance that and keep this, all of us working on a home together balanced? How do we also make sure our employees feel that they can be clear with us when they have something that's a higher priority at the moment than work? And right now, when you work eight to five and your kids see you at home working eight to five, you really do need to cut away at night and just have some family time. And that's hard because a lot of us have done that decompression on the drive home where it's a 15, 20 minute drive. So when you open that door and you come to see your family, they see a smile, they see you happy. Now they see you working all day and they see, okay, mom's in a great phone call right now or oh no, what happened right there? You know, they right, see that. Right. So I think clarity with family is critical right now. And I am blessed, I will admit it. I have a spouse that helps with everything with the kids. It is definitely not mom does more than dad does. It is equally divided. And I'm so thankful for that. But that helps me be solid in the workplace. But you also have to remember not everyone has that kind of home environment. And so when people are on calls, they are bringing stuff with them that you're never going to see, but it's in the back of their head. And I love the idea of all these virtual calls because you can honestly see when someone's not engaging right now. And maybe you need to follow up with a call. Maybe you need to reconnect with them because not everyone is going to be as open as I am about how things are balanced at home. And so sometimes you have to dig a little bit more. But I think um, just being clear with people and at the end of the day, really just being honest with yourself and give yourself grace. No one is perfect. My family is not perfect, but we're full of love. And so understanding that, you know, give yourself some grace. No one's gone through this before and everyone does it differently and find some time to laugh. Absolutely. And so to wrap this up here, and we've touched on the the pandemic a little bit already, the the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, If you could, maybe for the sake of somebody who might be a newly minted leader in their field, um, or even for for your your benefit for things that you're doing right now, share maybe one to two, three lessons that you've learned from past experiences that you're applying to the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, one, I would say, break it down. If you look at the overall issue, it can become overwhelming. But if you break that down into four or five pieces and then make them separate projects that either others can work on to help the team come together, or you can work on, you know, as a team, just in minor or smaller groups, I think that makes a big difference. Um, Never be afraid to pivot. So I grew up playing six on six basketball. I love six on six basketball, wish they would bring it back. But when you only have two (laughs) dribbles, you really get good at pivoting, you know, looking around, trying to find the best person available to take the next two dribbles down to shoot the basketball. Um, I think it's really important to look at how you pivot, but also who you pivot to. And so the diversity and thoughts and leveraging strengths becomes really important. Uh, Some people work well on their crisis mode, some then don't. And so while they may be a leader in the office, they may be a better team player at this point and understanding who can think better on their own. 
but know that when we all get back together again, those rules may shift. So I think breaking it down and learning to pivot. And then when you're pivoting, really looking at the strengths of all the players. Billy, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Wish you guys continued success. Know, uh, know that hopefully things will continue to return to some sort of normalcy for you guys up at the uh, Cultivation Corridor. But again, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Uh, Mike, thank you for your time and thank you for everything the partnership's doing to uh, get the community back as fast as they can. Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit DSMPartnership.com. Dot com.